Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I want to start off with some scripture tonight. I want to start off with James 2, 14 through 20. And it starts off by reading, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful of the body, what, do, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man, say, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Shew me thy faith without works, and I will shew you my, my faith by my works. Thou, believe, thou believest that there is one God, and thou dost, and thou dost well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And I want to preach on this topic tonight, or teach, or whatever. Gotta have faith. Because without it, what are we doing here? Can you just pray with me right now? Father God, we just love and praise you tonight, God. I just pray, God, Lord, that you would touch me, God. Lord, that you would minister, God, in this service, God. Lord, that you would touch the hearts and minds, God, of these people, God. Lord, that I could speak the word, God, that they need to hear. God, I pray, God, that it's your words, God. Lord, let it be my voice, but your words, God, speaking to them, God. Lord, knowing, God, that you know the right things to say, God. Just pray, God, Lord, that you would just use me as a willing vessel, God. Hallelujah, 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 God. I thank you. Hallelujah. And the church said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. I want to start off with a definition of faith. Dictionary.com defines faith as it has five different things that it kind of labels faith because it's a noun and it, it can be used in, I guess, five different ways. The first one it, it lists is confidence or trust in a person or thing, as in faith in another's ability or one's ability. Two is the belief that is not based on proof. You know, maybe like a scientist, he has belief that his hypothesis is going to be found out by fact, you know, later, Okay. Three is belief in God or in doctrines of teaching of religion. And they have listed the form or the firm faith of the pilgrims. Okay? And then four is the belief, the belief in anything as a code of ethics, standards, or merit, etc. To be of the same faith with someone, um, you know, concerning honesty, such as that. And then if the last one they have is a system of religious beliefs the Christian faith or the Jewish faith. Okay, so starting out by faith, we need to know what it is because we can't define what we have unless we know what it is. So with that said, I have, there's three characters that, as I've read through the Bible and, you know, I've heard stories and stuff and I've just been studying on them, there's three characters I want to talk about. And the first one I want to talk about is Abraham. We all know the story of Abraham and Sarah and just the situation that they went through in their lives. And it said, and I have that, uh, Abraham... This place is faith in a moment that sticks out to me 
And it's uh, whenever he got called to leave his town, to leave his hometown, at the age of 75, the Bible says. That seems old for us, but back in that time, we don't know how they were at that age. But at any rate, he gets called to leave his home at 75. When he leaves his home, God tells him that he's going to make him the father of many nations. So he's like, okay, God, I've got this big calling on my life. I'm going to, take by, I'm going to go by faith. And with his works, he leaves town to go live for God. But we know as he comes to find his wife, Sarah, that she ends up being barren at the time. Okay, they've gone all this time, and he's like, all right, God, I'm going to be the father of many nations, but I have a wife now that cannot give me any children. I mean, that right there would be something that would stick out to me and be like, okay, okay, God, how's, you know, how am I going to be, how am I going to live this if I can't even have any kids? So we all know that Sarah, of course, takes and tells Abraham, you know, I can't give you any kids. I know this calling on your life, but I can't give those to you. Take my handmaid, Hagar, and, you know, let her be the father or be the mother of a child. So, of course, he ends up doing it, and we get Ishmael out of that. But that's not what God wanted on his life. He didn't want Ishmael. He didn't want him to take Hagar, a different woman, to have the kid to be the father of these nations, to be the generation that he passes down to. So they keep on going. Well, finally, God appears unto Abraham first and tells him, you know, I've, I've given you this calling. I haven't given up on you. You know, you are going to be the father of many nations. So he takes and he says, I'm going to make Sarah have a child. And if you've read anything about this, you know that Abraham laughs. When, when God's talking to him and tells him, I'm going to make Sarah have a child, he kind of laughs. I find it hard to think that you would just laugh at God. But whenever this woman would, uh, you know, she would be 90 at the time that they, she would conceive. I couldn't imagine a 90-year-old giving birth. <laughs> and and neither, could, neither could Abraham by the Bible when you read because he laughed. He's like, really? You know, could she really? I don't, I don't think so. But he's like, yes, she's going to have a child. And, of course, we know that she ends up having that child and that his name is Isaac. And so Isaac becomes, you know, he's going to become this great person, of course. But he becomes the only son of Abraham and Sarah. So being a father of that only son, that one that you've always wanted your whole life, he's thinking, you know, this is my only son. This is, you know, thank you, God, for, you know, giving me my son, giving me the one. You know, I can kind of see the picture now of how you're wanting me to be the father of many generations, this great nation. But God says, okay, you doubted me when I said Sarah was going to have it. You know, you laughed. So God wants to test his faith one other time. And it is a true test. Being, a, you know, that father, that only son. I don't know what it's like to be a father, but I know what it is like to have a father. And to be a father, you know, he's got this only son that he's wanted his entire life. He's 100 years old right now. And his wife Sarah is 90, and they have this child. But God says, all right, Abraham, I've given you this child. Now I need you to take, and I want you to sacrifice him. He says, I want you to give that back to me, which I've given unto you. I'm going to, you know, he's basically saying, I'm going to test your faith. Can you trust me? You know? So, of course, Abraham 
is a very faithful man. Yeah. He, in, he does this without any hesitation. Right. He takes and he loads Isaac up and a few other young men from the camp, fire for the sacrifice and all that stuff. He loads all this up, and he takes about a three-day journey to where he's needing to go. God says, load everything up, and go, and I will tell you where to go. And without even hesitation, he loads him up. He leaves the two men behind where they get where they're going and takes his only son, Isaac, up the mountain. There, they build an altar. Isaac, of course, at this time is like, God, or Dad, what's going on? I know we're coming up here for a sacrifice. We have all this stuff, but where's the sacrifice? He says, son, God will provide. He doesn't tell him what's going on. He has faith that God is going to provide. He, he has in the back of his mind that he knows what's going on. He's like, I know I'm going to have to give you up, but God will provide. I'm going to go by faith. I'm going to trust in him that he will provide. So he gets the altar all built, gets the wood all in there. Isaac, of course, helping him, you know. Could you imagine what you were doing if you knew you were building your deathbed? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not going to help you do this. This is what's going to happen. But he does. He helps him build it. And then it, the Bible says that he binds his hands. They do, it doesn't say that Isaac puts up a fight. Could you imagine the faith that that would take? To trust in your dad? Say, you know, I couldn't imagine. Even, if, even though I love my dad, he could be an awesome man of God. But, you know, even if I love my dad, he starts binding my hands. Yeah. You know, I, I think I would have to fight a little bit. It's survival, all right? That's how we do. You've got to talk to God about that. But anyway, so he starts binding his hands. The Bible doesn't say anything about putting up a fight. He lays him down on that altar. He's got him all ready. He takes the knife in his hand, and he lifts it up. He is ready to slay his only son, all because God told him to. Could you imagine the generation we live in now if you do something like that? That's not God. How could, who, how could a God like that tell you to kill your own son? But he didn't question that. He had, there was one thing that he was focused on, and that's God and the will on his life. So he held that knife up. He was ready to come down with it. And God says, Abram, Abram, wait. He stopped him. He knew that Abraham was going to take that knife and kill his only son that God had provided for him that was a miracle child because the Bible says Sarah was well stricken with age and she was way past the uh, capabilities to bear children and he was ready to do that but God stopped him and he's like okay God now what and then off in the distance there's a ram stuck in the thicket he said God will provide by his faith he did what God told him to do. Almost to the very point of slaying his only son to sacrifice him. But God provided because of his faith. Through his faith, he showed his works. He showed that he was going to follow God. No matter what you told me to, tell me to kill my only son, the miracle child that you provided. I will do it. So, I want to move on to Peter. We all know about Peter. He's... You know, he's popular in the New Testament. He's a popular guy. But one thing I want, to, I want to talk about on him is one of his faith things that, you know, would be hard for us to do, hard for me to do, even still. I guess all of these, based on their faith, would be hard to do, and no matter who you read. I thought Daniel was going to start talking about faith for a second whenever he got going. 
He talks about that woman, her issue of blood, and said, your faith has set you, you know, your faith has healed you. I'm like, well, praise the Lord, I think we're on the same lines. But, but anyway, so Peter, he starts, you know, he's, they're on, the, of course, the time I want to talk about, they're on this boat. Jesus said, uh, you know, they just fed, you know, 5,000, I believe. And uh, so he sends his disciples on a boat over a river. He's like, I'm going to hang back. You know, I've got some stuff to take care of, whatever. So you guys go on over. I'll be over. Well, how are you going to get over here, Jesus? You know. But anyway, so they go on over. In the middle of the night, you know, they're out on the water. Something comes, just kind of, they hear something off in the distance. We're out in the middle of a body of water. What's out in the water? They come walking off. They can't see. Of course, Jesus, uh, of course uh, Peter goes, Lord, if that be you, let me come out to you. He says, you know, if that's you, God, if that's really you walking up to this boat, allow me to come out to you. Allow me to walk on that water. I want to read Matthew 17 and 20. I don't know if we have it up there. Okay. So, anyway, so he comes out on this body of water. He walks out to Jesus on water. I can imagine doing that. Just walking out on water, he's like, okay, it's pretty deep, I'm sure. He says, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto ye, if ye have a faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence in yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So, he's like, you know, you think it's impossible, but it's not. I can tell you, you know, if you just have just a little bit of faith, you can do anything. You can move, take this mountain and tell it to move. And it would be moved. In Matthew 17, 21. But it says, you know, you can do this. And that's the faith, right? You can say, you know, be thou removed and it'll remove. But he says, that's not all you have to do. He said, you can't have faith to tell it to move because we heard in James that faith without works is dead. So Matthew 17, 21 tells us, how be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So that's where your work comes in, right? That's where your work comes in in this place is, you know, I can tell you to do something, but unless I'm going to, you know, be there to do it, unless I'm going to play my part, it's not going to happen. And so, this is how I know that anything is possible with God. You know, Jesus, you know, Peter walking on water, just normal human like us, you know, with his flaws, with his doubts. He, you know, God says, come on out here. And he took the faith and walked out to him. He, he, did, he didn't say, take the faith. And, okay, okay, God, I believe you. I believe it's really you. Come on, you can come on in the boat. I don't need to step out on there. He did his faith and he stepped out of that boat. Now, granted, when he got out there, he stood around for a little while, and he's like, you know, starting to sink, and his faith got a little weak. But, in, but still, in the beginning, he knew the faith of God. He knew who he had and who he was talking to and what could be done. He's seen the miracles of him feeding the 5,000, the healing, you know, the issue of blood, the sick with the palsy, all this stuff. He's seen all the healings. So... There wasn't a doubt in my mind that he could actually take that step out there and walk on that water. But it wasn't just, 
having that faith that he could, it was at work. So it doesn't matter what life throws at us. It's how we approach it and deal with it is how we do it, right? So it doesn't matter what we're going through, if we're unemployed, you know, if we have just whatever sick sickness that has just been with us for 12 years, like the one with the issue of blood. It doesn't matter as long as we don't give up, as long as we hold fast to our faith and, you know, and we continue to give to God. You know, we do our prayer and our fasting and we show our works. We can show our faith through our works. We can say that we have faith and we can tell you about our faith, but it's going to be our works that explains our faith. I think that's right. Amen. Too many times I think we focus on what we think can happen, what God can do. You know, we get in our minds, our little minds, that, you know, okay, well, God doesn't care about me. God doesn't care about my situation. He can't take care of me. You know, he doesn't want to deal with me. There's bigger problems out there. There's wars going on. Why would he want to deal with me and my unemployment? You know, okay? Why would he want to deal with me and my cold? You know, whatever. You know, but he says nothing is too big or too small. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. He said he would never leave you or never forsake you. So instead of focusing on the things that, you know, we think that he can't do or the things that, you know, hasn't happened in the past or whatever, we need to focus on what he can do. We've got a book of 66 chapters that tells us over and over and over how many times that people have took a step on faith and God has done a work. He didn't leave them. He didn't let Peter sink to the bottom, flailing. Maybe Peter couldn't even swim. That would even be more thing. He couldn't even swim. But he didn't let him just kind of walk out there and sink. He didn't let the 5,000 people go home hungry, even though he had been there preaching and teaching. He provided for them. He did the miracles because they were willing to do the work. So if you want to go ahead and stand with me. So I think a lot, you know, a lot of times we say, walk by faith and not by sight. You know, it's very easy to say things and just let them be words. But have you ever tried walking in the dark? In your own house, it's not as bad. You still stub your, you still stub your toes all the time in the dark. You're like, lights are off, ow, right? Okay, try walking in the dark in an unfamiliar place. You're going to have your arms reached out. You're going to be walking real slow. You're going to be wondering what's going to get you. What's, you know, if you're not afraid of the dark. You're afraid of what's in the dark. That's what they say, right? Yeah, that's, why, that's the way I am. As long as I can see it first, I'm okay. But God doesn't say that. He doesn't say, I want you to see what's going on, and then, you know, believe me. You know, he says, walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by the faith that, you know, I am going to take care of the situation. Don't wait for me to do it so you can see it. Believe that I'm going to do it. Pray fast. Know that I'm going to take care of that situation no matter what. Don't wait for the healing to come to praise me. You know, praise me before your healing's there. Praise me before you're able to walk, before you're healed of that whatever condition. Don't wait for it to happen to do it because that's not faith. That's not faith. That's not your works. If you always get something, you know, you always pray and you always get it. You don't ever have to work for it. You don't ever have, you know, nothing go wrong. You know, what, where would your faith be? Where would your works be? You would have no reason to pray to God if everything you ever needed and ever wanted you had, right? There would be no need for him. So that's where your faith comes in. 
So don't, don't rely on yourself and what your mind can think and what you think he's got going on. If you've got a need, you pray to him. You tell him your need. If he wants to take care of it, he will. But if he doesn't, praise him anyway. If you're still sick, praise him anyway. You know, it's all, there's a test of faith. Could you be like Abraham? He gives you your child. You know, okay, God, you gave, you've given me what I've always wanted, what I've always needed. You know, I finally believe you. But he tells him to sacrifice his son. Now, how hard that would be? But he doesn't stop by getting one thing. He continues to follow what God tells him to. Continues to follow after him. He's going to sacrifice that son. So if you've got a need, if you've got anything, you just come to this altar. It doesn't matter if it's a healing. It doesn't matter if it's the Holy Ghost. Or if you just need to repent. You just need to talk to God. Renew that faith. Because whenever that faith goes, where are you? What do you do? If you can't talk to God, who can you talk to? So if you could just come forward, whoever's willing, just pray to God. Give them all to Him. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.